we've been trying to tell better stories about women and clergy and the church because we really need to tell better stories. Instead of just complaining about it, what if we flood the airwaves with something different? All right, welcome back to the podcast. And I am I'm excited to be back here with you. I have a couple new episodes coming. I just interviewed Ellis Benton. He's a church planter. He also has his own podcast. So I'm going to link, well, I'm actually going to link to it probably in this episode. But obviously when this her, his episode posts, um, and we talk about different modes of church planting. I talk a little bit about his podcast also. And then I have Chris Becker, who's going to come on. And she's also a church planter, and just currently, uh, she's a new lead pastor. Well, she's a lead pastor at a new church, I should say that. Just And so she's going to be on the podcast, and she has done a lot of work with Fresh Expressions. So we're going to talk about that coming up in, when I interview her. But today I want to talk about uh, what I'm doing. Some of you who follow the podcast, if you follow me on social media, you know that I recently resigned my my position as the lead pastor where I was pastoring. I've been there for 11 years, planted the church 11 years ago, and just found myself in a new place and time. And I've had a lot of people ask me questions, so I thought, hey, why not do a short little episode on it? And, you know, maybe I could tell like 10 of you all at the same time, <laughs> you know? Anyway... So a couple of things, let's talk about, the big question is, whoa, did that just kind of, like it comes out of the blue, unless you've been talking to me, unless you and I have had conversations about this, um, but most people think that this kind of came out of the blue, and some of that has to do with just the way we do things in church culture. If you're part of our denomination, or my denomination, you may understand that already, you might be in a different denomination, so you're not familiar with that, but... You know, you just, you really don't say anything until you've made that decision. And so it can come across as, you know, where did this come from? But I will tell you, this is, this has been a long journey. This is at least 18 months, maybe 20 months coming. I do have a mentor and I have a coach. Shout out to Dr. Margie Bryce, my coach. Uh, She's been on the podcast a couple of times. And my mentor, Dr. Jeff Crowder. And then I do have a counselor too. Uh, not going to tell you her name, but you know, pretty much everybody, if you're pastoring during this pandemic, you need a counselor. I'm just going to tell you, go find yourself one. There is stuff to process. But a lot of times when we are in the middle of a huge life transition, it's a good time to find yourself a counselor. It does not mean that you're ready for a psych, the psych ward or anything like that. Um, it's part of being faithful, I think, in the process. Uh, so my undergrad work is family life systems. And one of the things we talk about in family life systems is that developmental stages don't end when you turn 18. There are actually several other de- developmental stages that take place as adults. Uh, and then major transitions can also cause you to go through uh, a developmental transition as well. These are all good reasons to have uh, a counselor or a spiritual director or mentor or life coach or whatever, or a friend that will listen and meet you for coffee. 
So let's see how I'm not not quite even sure where to start with this, but I uh, just felt God was releasing me from this this ta- I don't know, not task you know, this calling of planting this church. You know, when I received this call uh, eleven and a half years ago to plant a church, and I don't I don't know if I've ever even talked about that on the podcast before. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. Um, because my husband and I are both adult converts. So I remember having this conversation with him multiple times of saying, you know, there must be more people out there like us, right? There's more people out there like us. And, and how are we going to reach those people? Um, how are we going to, how are we going to connect with them and communicate this idea that, that, you know, there's good news that in hope that is found in Jesus Christ. And, what if we created a place? What if we created a safe place for them to belong where they could take their next step of faith? And so really had this heart to reach unchurched people, uh, atheists, agnostics, unchurched Catholics in particular, because that's my background. And my husband and I are both unchurched Catholics, which means we made our sacraments, right? So if you're from the evangelical world, uh, you know, maybe that doesn't make any sense to you, but we made all of our sacraments and so we were good, uh, but we didn't really know what it meant to have a relationship with Christ. Whole, that's a whole thing, all of its own. I don't know that I want to get into that right now in this episode, but that was our vision, you know, and we had started a Taekwondo ministry. Uh, we had like seven people and we grew it to about 70. And as we're already having this conversation of there are other people out there like us, we also kind of looked at each other and I, and I said, you know, we've pretty much planted a church, you know, I'm pastoring these people. I don't think they even realize it, but that's what I'm doing. What if we just did this for real? And in the process of praying through that, God was working on my heart. And those of you who know me, you've heard me tell this part of the story that I was in a denominational meeting and Dr. Porter, he was the preacher who was speaking and he was preaching about church planting. And he asked this question. I think it was supposed to be rhetorical, but he says, if you had a choice between uh, planting a church or spending eternity in hell, where would you plant your church? I remember thinking to myself immediately, well, I know exactly where I would plant a church. Like I put my hand up and then I put my hand down and I'm like, wait a minute, I am not called to plant a church. And then here we are 11 years later. So Uh, It's been an interesting journey. So God started working on me the end of 2019 and had this sense that he was releasing me. I have found that God knows how to speak to us in a way that we will understand. And a lot of times it's similar, but sometimes he speaks to us in new ways or different ways that we haven't heard him speak before. And, And maybe that's why it takes us a little longer to process it or discern what he is saying to us because it's a little different than maybe we've heard his voice in the past. Um, Even if you look through scripture, you see all of the different ways that God communicated to different people. It wasn't the same for every person, but he typically communicated in a way that they could understand. So to Abraham, who was a nomad, he appears as a wanderer. To Joshua, who's a warrior, he appears before him as the angel of the Lord with a sword. We see that throughout all of scripture. So why would it be any different for you and I? He's going to speak to us in a way that we would understand. 
because most important is for us to hear the message and what it is that he's revealing to us. So I remember walking in one Sunday and I'm watching the worship team and they're all doing like their sound check and stuff like that. And I, I, I had like this almost outer body experience, like where I'm watching them and I'm like on the outside looking in, you know, and it was this kind of this moment where I realized this was coming. Like there was a day coming when I wouldn't be here anymore. I, I mean, I think it, it almost made me catch my breath just thinking about that idea I mean, these people, I've grown to love these people. We have, our stories are intertwined. You know, it happens with us as, as, as pastors, especially if we've been somewhere a long time. You know, our, our lives become connected and intertwined and we raise our kids together and we go through crises together and we have great things happen. And we, so we rejoice together and we mourn together, we grieve together and how much more so these last 18 months, I really sense that he was releasing me and, and said to a few different people, I don't even know what this means. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know what would happen next. Because there's a thing in most churches, you know, for clergy, if you're pastoring a church, the normal thing, right? The, the typical thing is to have another assignment before you leave your current assignment especially if you are a woman in ministry. It would be, it is not wise, it is not wise to leave your current assignment unless you already have another one um, that you're going to. You don't want, you don't want a gap year, right? Nobody wants a gap year in their resume. And so a lot of the advice I was getting from very wise people was just sit tight and wait for God to open that door. Uh, anyway, I had an opportunity in January of 2020 to go out to Seattle and uh, do some fresh expression training. Verlin Fosner, who has planted multiple dinner churches out of his church. So I got to meet with him, go through all the training for dinner church planting. And I remember just sitting there in that conference and realizing, yeah, God was completely releasing me. And remember that same sense, that same sense that I had uh, 11 and a half years ago when I left to plant the church and knowing, okay, this, this is coming to an end and this is something else is beginning. And, and dinner church, of course, has been part of my journey for the last 18 months. We've launched a few, uh, you know, out of Devonair, which is where I'm still the pastor for a few more weeks. And then uh, March 2020 came and the whole world caught on fire literally and figuratively because you know Australia was burning Australia was burning almost the whole west coast was on fire and then this pandemic and I really did start to question like all right Lord maybe I just completely discerned that incorrectly what I'm supposed to be doing last August August 2020 uh, because I go on my annual prayer retreat and I think I've talked about this in different episodes annual prayer retreat hey look last year I did it twice because I needed it so much but in August, I felt like God was saying, look, you can stay or you can go. I will bless either one. If you stay, I have work for you to do. If you leave, I also have work for you to do. And so I stayed. I mean, God knows that's my nature. I am going to be loyal for as long as I can until there's no question that I have to move to the next thing, you know, if I'm going to be obedient to him. And really in this last 
month or so when I went on my prayer retreat this past August. Uh, as I was praying, and I really wasn't even praying about staying or going as much. I was, I was praying about some other things that had nothing to do with my current position or, you know, my role as a lead pastor. And then just felt like God said, sometimes we stay longer than we should. I'm like, what is that even supposed to mean? I mean, like, I think I knew what it meant. But it was a nice way of God saying, you know, you have a habit of dragging your feet. Uh, a friend of mine said to me once a long time ago, maybe right before I planted this church, uh, yeah, you're the kind of person that God kind of has to yank the rug out from underneath you to get you to move, which he does. Uh, that is my personality. I will stay way longer than I am supposed to because that's just who I am. It's my personality. I'm a loyalist. Sometimes my loyalty gets me into trouble. And so a couple things happened in the month of August. None of them were the catalyst. So let me say this again. None of them were the catalyst for me resigning. Um, not the pandemic, not some other things that were happening in my life. As much as I had multiple things happen in one week where I realized I have stayed longer than I should and that he had something for me to do. I have no idea what that is because that's what everybody asked. Everybody's like, so where are you going next? Uh, I don't know where I'm doing next. I think that's the hardest. Well, that's not the hardest part. One of the hardest parts is just saying goodbye that I love these people. I, I'm not angry with them. I don't hate them. I very much love them. That's why it's taken 18 months for me to make this move. But also, ironically, I wanted to create a place, a safe place for people to belong where they could wrestle with their faith. And now I don't have one anymore. I don't have a place to belong anymore. So here I am. Uh, once again, in a few more weeks, I will not have a place to belong, which is extremely anxiety producing. I'm just going to be really honest with you on that one. So I might be visiting your church soon uh, just because, you know, I should have some place to go on a Sunday morning. And so, yeah, this is, I've never done this before. I don't even know what it's supposed, I've never done this before. I don't even know what it's supposed to look like. I don't know how you grieve this kind of a thing. Uh, someone asked me, what, what are you grieving most about leaving? Oh, my word. I have to pick one thing. You know, I think there's some people probably early on who trusted me like right out of the gate to pastor them. They're like, they were the first people who like, I was their pastor. I was their first pastor and they trusted me. So, so there is a lot of grief with that. It's a huge honor. It's a huge honor to be trusted like that. And then there are some people at the end, like some people like these last two, three years who have connected with the ministry there at Devonair and what I'm doing, where I've had an opportunity uh, where they have trusted me to pastor them. And the honor, right? The honor. But there is this something about the weight of the first and the last that I'm, I'm going to have to grieve a lot. So two other questions that I've been getting. I did a blog post. So if you, if you read my blog post, I'll also link to that in the show notes. Frequently asked questions. People don't know what to do with pastors who resign and don't have another place to go, uh, I guess. So the unchurched, who I'm the only pastor they've ever known, I still I still love them very much, and you're going to be okay. And then you've got the de-churched, 
And then you have people who they've never seen a pastor leave and not have a place to go, but also leave on good terms. Like nobody's kicking me out. I'm not turning in my credentials. I'm staying with my denomination. I'm still ordained. My husband and I are not getting a divorce. Uh, I'm a minister in good standing, all of those good things. I just feel like I need to say that because if you're not going someplace else, sometimes people just assume there's a reason why you're not going anywhere else. Uh, I don't really know what's next. I'm continuing to do the podcast. I am doing that. And I'm working on some writing projects. And so if you pray for me about those writing projects, that would be wonderful if you would do that. And then I think I've talked about the Dinner Church Mastermind. I'm doing a Dinner Church Mastermind. I think there's 10 or so people who are involved in that. We meet monthly via Zoom. So if you're interested in the Dinner Church Mastermind, uh, send me a DM and I will get you connected so you can join our, our Zooms. And so this is a group of people who want to plant dinner churches. Some of them have, have never planted anything. Some of them have, are already pastoring another church, but they want to do a dinner church out of their, cur- their currently established congregation. Uh, so there are all different reasons why they're doing dinner churches. So we're, we're working together, encouraging one another, doing some skill training. So I'm going to continue to do that. And I have a couple other, we'll see what happens and where that goes. I don't know. I'm trusting God. Interestingly, uh, 11 years ago, I had to trust God a lot with doing a church plant because I'd never done that before. And now here I am. Um, I don't want to say I'm homeless because uh, I'm still ordained and I'm still part of my denomination. But now I'm trusting him to figure out what is next. And while we don't let our vocation define us, I think being a pastor, a call to be a pastor, and we've talked about this a little bit. I've talked about this with a couple of my friends. It's not about your position. It really is part of who you are. Your call becomes part of who you are. And so it it never leaves you. So there is a part where you're like feeling kind of homeless because I'm still a pastor, but now what? Like, where do I go on Sundays or during the week? Where are my people? How do I continue to do kingdom work with, with what group am I going to do kingdom work? Because, you know, kingdom work doesn't happen sitting on your front porch drinking coffee. Like we can read the scriptures and we can pray. You know, people talk about, I don't, I don't have to be in a church on Sunday morning in order to worship. No, you don't. You can worship in your car. You can worship while you're running. I do that. You can worship in the, in the woods if, or go on the golf course or driving your car or sitting on the front porch. That is not the same thing as doing kingdom work, though. So there's got to, you have to be able, you have to live out this whole thing that God has called us to. You have to, you have to live out the kingdom work. And that happens with people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But the second part of that is to love your neighbor as yourself. That means there are other people involved in this whole thing. Our relationship with Christ is, yes, individual, but we live out our faith. What do you hope for them the most. Oh my goodness, this is, I'm going to have to really, really think through this. My coach, I think, asked this question. Somebody else also did. What do I hope most? I don't want to give too much of it away because that'll be my last sermon, right? Uh, October 31st, if y'all want to log online or come visit on my last Sunday. What do I hope for them the most? 
uh, I really, really want them to comprehend this idea that they are kingdom people. Um, and in order to truly be kingdom people, you have to be connected with one another. The church needs you and you need the church. The church is a people. You cannot be the church by yourself. I'm not even sure if you can really be a follower of Jesus by yourself. I mean, I think you can to some extent, but we were built for community. And so you cannot truly be obedient to Christ and follow him apart from the body of Christ. You're definitely not going to usher in the kingdom of heaven apart from the body of Christ. So do I believe in the church? Absolutely. Have people messed up the church? Absolutely. We have. That's why we need Jesus. My denomination and also biblically as well. We believe in a second work of grace where we, um, it says in First Peter chapter 3, in your heart set apart Christ as Lord, or another translation, in your heart sanctify Christ as Lord, and always be prepared to give an answer for the reason, for the hope that you have. Our hope is felt, found in Jesus Christ, but I believe our hope is experienced in the body of Christ. So these are the things I hope for. It's not just my hope for Devonair Community Church of the Nazarene, but also for the church worldwide. And now more than ever, now more than ever, we need the church as we're moving out of this pandemic. Uh, we will be post-pandemic eventually. It will happen. Trust me. No pandemic has ever lasted forever. History has shown that. And so we will be post-pandemic and the world needs the church. It really does. And the church needs you and you need the church. All right. Those are my two cents. Feel free. Hey, uh, you can, just because I did this episode, uh, I am still open for coffee. If you want to take me for coffee, you want to meet for coffee, I'd be love to talk to you more about this kind of stuff. Hey, if you know where I can get a job also, <laughs> I might be selling running shoes because at least I will get a discount then. Uh, anyway, I'll keep you posted here on the podcast, though, uh, whatever happens down the road. So have a great September 